Yeah. Brother Gary right about one thing. This is different monkey here. I've been preaching on the street. Out there on the street, all I need is the verse. Take that, let the Holy Ghost take over, and I can run with it. 30, 45 minutes. But up here, you have to study. <laughs> you have to study. But I wanted to thank the good Lord for the opportunity to be here. First, first, first time I've been here on a Wednesday night in this position. And I surely, truly hope that I can make my Lord and Savior look real good tonight. I want him to get the honor. I want him to get the glory. I don't even want y'all to see me. I'll come in. That would be equal turn. I can't see you. So, I, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, before we start, I'm just going to open and work here on my own behalf. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I need you, Lord. I need you tonight more than I needed you, Lord, all day long. Lord, I've been praying all day for this moment. I was kind of skeptical, not sure what you wanted me to preach. But, Lord, we settled down on one message, Lord. And I hope and pray, God, that you will bring back to my remembrance all the scripture, God, that you have me to say. Don't let me say nothing that you don't want to say. But everything that you want me to say, Father God, I pray, God, that I can lay it out there as straight and simple that even a kindergarten could understand it. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I ask that you be with my pastor up there in North Georgia, him and Brother Joe and Brother Leon and Brother Billy Swift, Father God. I heard about the service going on up there, and I want to thank you for the work that's transpiring in that place. I ask the Lord, please keep your hand on Sister Tracy. I pray, God, that you give her a full recovery, God, and a speedy one. Brother Jerry Massimento, God, I pray that you touch him. And Brother Danny, I pray that you touch him also. And Brother uh, Larry, ask for prayer for his supervisor, Lord. God, I pray, God, that you will deal with him as only you can. And Sister Brenda, she got a friend named uh, Miss Linda. And she has a son named Danny. And he is on, uh, he's on well, the Bible called him a drunkard. And that's what he is, Lord. And he wanted to try to change that situation. He tried it on his own, but he can't do it. God, but you can help him, Lord. If he just call on your name, if he just accept you as the Savior, Lord, Father God, and the Holy Ghost of God will move in on him, Lord, he can overcome that. And that's the only way I can see him getting out from under that bondage of alcoholism. And, Lord, we forget carefully to give you the praise, honor, and glory for everything that transpired here tonight. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen and amen. Oh, uh, we're going to begin this in, message in, in the book of Joel. Joel chapter 3, verse 14. Okay. Yes, so we're going to read Joel chapter 3, verse 14. Speaking about the natural man, it reads as follows. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Yes, the scripture says multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. From the time the Lord wakes us up in the morning, we are faced with choices and decisions. Choices and decisions. You got to make a choice. Do I want to pray now or do I want to wait until after I eat breakfast? Hey, do I take a shower now or wait until after I finish breakfast? What do I want for breakfast? Do I want ham and eggs? Do I want bacon and eggs? Or do I want sausage and eggs? Do I want milk? Do I want grapefruit juice or orange juice? What am I going to wear to work? 
Am I going to drive my truck away? I'm going to drive my car away. We are all faced with choices and decisions every single day. But the best decision you will ever make in your entire life is making Jesus Christ your Savior and Lord. Because when it all matters, when it all comes down to the wire, ain't nothing really going to matter other than what have you done with Jesus. That's the best choice you'll ever make. When you choose in your heart to make him your Savior and Lord. Because other than that, when the smoke clears, and you know not him as your personal Savior and Lord, you may think the smoke clear, the smoke has just begun. So, we are in the valley on a daily basis. We are always Every day we got to make choices and decisions. Every single day, whether you're going to school, whether you're going to work, if you're a housewife, uh, uh, yeah, if you're a stay-at-home husband, or whatever you want, whatever, you got to make choices and decisions. Now, I asked my dear friend Alexa, I said, Alexa, what's the population of the Earth population? And Alexa said, it's right about 8.95 billion people on this planet. Now, I can divide those 8.95 billion into three groups. The, the Jew, the Gentile, and the church. But I'm going to divide it into three groups. And that three group is consistent here tonight in this auditorium there are three groups of people seated here tonight you got the natural man you got the carnal man and you got the spiritual man now what group you in Miss Clairo now you got to be over 50 years old and know what that means well that used to be a commercial back in the day only you and your hairdresser know for sure well I don't know what group you in on the Lord and you know for sure. So we're going to start off these, these three groups with that natural man. Because that natural man, he's in the most desperate of all people. He's in, he's in a desperate situation. He's in a desperate situation. So we're going to read that out of the book of First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, I do believe. Come on, Rita. First Corinthians two fourteen. <laughs> but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Yeah, but the natural man receives not the thing of the Spirit of God. Neither can you know him. They foolishness to him. You go try, try to witness to somebody out there on that street. There's people out there that don't even know what sin is. They don't know what sin is. And people and, and out there preaching on the street, they, they look at us like we just came from Apple Centauri. And we are there as ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ, point down towards Jesus, and all they hear is foolishness. It's foolishness. Pay that back to the church house. We don't want to hear that. But you need to hear it. Now you've got a clear picture of a natural man in the book of Acts, chapter 8, when uh, the, the Lord sent Philip, we translated Philip from where he was out there in the wilderness, and here was a chariot coming down from Jerusalem. Headed back to Ethiopia. And this was an Ethiopia sitting in the chariot. And he was reading. He was reading his Bible. I can't pay for that. He was reading his Bible. And so Philip ran alongside the chariot and said, Understand what thou reading? He said, How can I? That's some man should guide me. And so he started the chariot. Philip got inside the chariot with him. And took the Bible. And he asked Philip, said, Who is this man talking about? Himself or somebody else? And the Bible said, and Philip took the Bible 
and preached unto him Jesus. And as they were riding along, whatever Philip preached to him, the Ethiopian got it. He got the message. And it did exactly, the message did exactly what it was supposed to do. It got down into his heart. It touched his soul. And he said, hey, take a water. What do him and me for being baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest, and the Ethiopians say, I believe, now don't look for this verse here in the NIV, because it's not there. I mean, they jumped right over there with 36, went on the 38, they forgot about 37. They said, if thou believe, thou can be baptized. He said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And they stopped the chariot, took him out, and they baptized him. The Ethiopian was a clear picture of a natural man. They understand not the things of God. A lot of lost people get their Bible and they read it daily, but they understand not what they read. I believe God's a full book in that Bible where that natural man can understand because God not willing to end the parish. You want all men to be saved. And I believe those four books are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because you've got to hear the gospel and you've got to believe the gospel in order to be saved. But when they like to read the Bible, they like to jump over there in the book of Ezekiel. They want to start off with the book of Jeremiah. They want to start way out there in the wilderness someplace and then can't. you got people sitting I don't understand everything in the book of Ezekiel. Right. I've been saved for almost 23 years. But they're starting that book, and how about this is a bunch of foolishness. Now, 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 once again, I'm going to have to let y'all know, I'm not a racist. This is what people tell me when I tell them about the Bible. They say, I see that book. Some old drunk white man wrote that book. That's why do we have to be white? Black people get drunk too. That's a good grief, man. And but then again, that 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 that's speaking stupid about things they don't understand. That that that's a natural man. That natural man really truly needs to be born again because except he get right with God, he got no hope. His only hope lies in that Bible. But but he, they don't understand it. They don't understand it. And when you try to explain it to them. They got all kind of food. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but. But they don't know nothing. They don't know nothing, and they will not admit that fact. I don't know. Unless somebody saw them. But they won't do that. Now, that's one version of the natural man. The next version you find. Book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 10. Jude, chapter 1, verse 10. Not. But they speak evil of the things which they know not. Of what they know not, they know naturally, as brute beasts. And those things, they corrupt themselves. Yeah, that's what they do. They speak evil of the things that they know not. Ah, man, everybody got no big, long-haired, blue-eyed Jesus. Man, they talk so bad about the Lord. It is absolutely pathetic. Yeah, y'all need to be out there. This, this, this. Well, I know y'all ain't going to go down to Savannah, none of them places. We'd be out there preaching at these people. And hear how they talk about Jesus Christ. They call him an old drunken faggot. They call him all kinds of things. They're natural brute beasts. They speak evil about things that they know not. The one that died to save their never dying soul, and the way they blaspheme and talk about it. I mean, they even curse him out. Curse him out. Just like he was nothing. But he was everything. He's everything they need. He's the only 
only one that can save the never dying soul, and they talk about him worse than they talk about anybody else on the street as natural group B. And with these things, they do corrupt themselves. They do corrupt themselves because they are ignorant of the fact that they need Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only hope. He is the only way out of the troublesome world. He is the only escape from the wrath of God to come. They don't even believe in hell. They don't believe in hell. They think when they go to hell, they will have a big get-together party down there. Well, they can believe that all they want to, but that ain't true. That's not, that's not true. There ain't no party going on in hell. There ain't no fellowship going on down there. And once you get there, ain't no peace. Ain't no mercy, ain't no grace, ain't no forgiveness, ain't no pre-trial relief, ain't no pardon, ain't none of that. None of that going on down there. There's suffering. Jesus described it as a place where the fire is not quenched, a place where the worm dies not, a place of weeping and mashing the teeth, is a place of utter darkness, is a place of total separation from God, total separation from friends. Total separation from loved ones. And that is what the natural man doesn't look forward to. If, if there's a, a person in the sanctuary tonight that don't know Jesus Christ as a personal Savior and Lord, please don't leave here like that. I don't know. I hope there ain't nobody in that group. But I don't know. I took for granted one day I'd get past my gospel track. I was standing by flash food. And this man got out the car. He was elegantly dressed. Nice suit. Nice shirt. Nice tie. Nice shoe. You can hear him walking across the parking lot. Coming across this boy. And then I heard that little voice to me say, Give him a glass of chat. I said, This man already saved. So the man went on the side flash food. And I'm standing now, my heart but to beat out my chest. I, I disobeyed what the Lord said. So the man came back out of the store, and I heard that voice to give him a glass of tray. I said, excuse me, sir. He said, yes, may I help you? I said, yes, sir. I'd like to give you a glass of tray. He said, what? I said, glass of tray. He said, what's that? It wasn't a God, simple plan of salvation. It, it's just a little track to tell you how you can be saved, how you can escape the wrath of God to come, and how if you call upon the Lord, he'll save you. He said, oh, oh, I never seen that these before. Thank you. And I thought the man was a Christian, just because of the way he was dressed. That's why that Bible said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so, that's why I have to do it tonight. I don't know who's saved here tonight and who's not. So, I've got to preach what God gave me to preach. Now, if you're here and you stand on that natural sword, I advise you, please, please, don't leave her like that. Don't leave like that. Because if that trumpet sound before the service is over and you see everybody just disappear like that, and you hear by you will start with the man. You hear by yourself. Now how you wanna explain that? Huh? You what you say, you UFO came and pick him up? Huh? No, friend, don't don't do that. Don't play Russian roulette with your soul. Because I know this is not your first time here. You have been here before. You've been here before, and you have heard the gospel message. You had every Wednesday. You had every Sunday, twice on Sunday, during the revival meeting. You heard it every night. You must be born again. You, the, the natural man. I, I'm just concerned about the natural man. See, they call, they call a man, and that spiritual man, and that trumpet song, even though that man is every carnality, he's still going to heaven. He just got to give an answer for what he's done when he get there. But he's going to heaven. Anybody be left behind but that natural man. And excuse me, let me, let me clarify something. I said natural man. That does not exempt female. Because oftentimes in that Bible, when God say man, sometimes he's talking solely and exclusively to the male gender. But more times than not, so you see that term man, you're talking about mankind as a whole, as everybody. So, natural man, natural woman, natural boy, natural girl. Don't you feel like that? You, you, you might want to get right with the Lord before you leave here. 
So we're going to move on to the next, this next group, this carnal-minded man. We're going to be reading from Romans chapter 8, verse 6, 7, and 8. Romans 8, verse 6, 7, and 8. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is an enmity against God, what is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Yeah. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. Amen. To be carnal minded is death. Carnal-minded. That's a person that will work over there in that spiritual group. But through the process of time, he turns back, he look back into the world, yeah. and, and, and he starts missing the things of the world. Look like Paul said about demons. Demons have forsaken me and have departed and have... Demons have forsaken me, having loved this present world, and have departed to Thessalonica. Well, see, Paul was working for those eternal things. He was looking forward to the future. Demons turned and looked back into the world. Something over there in Thessalonica caught his eye. And he had, he, that, he went back there. And he saw so he left Paul, and he went there. And... I don't mean he ever got back together with Paul. Now, he was saying him. Because Paul talked good about him. I mean, he said, demons salute, salute you, and Mark, and he called a brother name. But demons' name was there. But demons forsook Paul. Demons turned and looked back into the world. Jesus said, any man was putting his hands to the yoke and turning and look back. That he ain't fit for the kingdom. I'm not saying that demon went to hell when he died. But now, if demon was saved, he didn't. Because he, he, he was saved. But he got carnal minded. And that's why I was saying the carnal man in the flesh cannot please God. Because the carnal mind is at enmity with God. The Spirit of God is at war with this nasty, stinking flesh. Now, y'all gonna say amen if y'all want to. Because y'all got to deal with us on a daily basis. You see, you got the new man in you, and you got this old man, which is the flesh. And you got to deal with the flesh daily. That's why Paul said, I am crucified daily. Daily. Daily you got to keep the body under suggestion. Because if you don't, if you don't, it will run rampant. That I heard a, a saying says, if the one that you feed the most is the one that will be the strongest. If you feed the carnal man, if you feed the spiritual man, that's reading your Bible, that's spending time in prayer, that's spending time fellowshipping the muscle brethren, talking about the Lord, talking about the Bible, enjoying church, what you're doing, you are feeding the spiritual man. That carnal man, this little flesh, now it getting weak. It getting weak. But now, all you got to do, stop coming to church, lay your Bible down, stop uh, uh, dealing with the brethren, and so, the clown man will find something to eat. <laughs> he ain't got to feed him. He going to find something to eat, because he know from whence he came. He know exactly what he used to be. He know exactly what he used to do. He know exactly how he used to talk. He know exactly how he used to dress. He know exactly how he used to act. And that's exactly what he'll start back doing if you don't feed that spiritual man. But this common man, he ain't no joke. He ain't no joke. I mean, when you ask the Lord to save you, the Holy Ghost of God moves in on the inside. 
And he's seated on the throne of your heart. Now, I said this once before. Anytime you stop feeding that spiritual man, that carnal man will rise up. And he can walk into the throne room of your heart and look at the Holy Ghost sitting there and he can say well, one word, up. And guess what the Holy Ghost is going to do? He's going to get up. You say, what you mean? He, he ain't going to fight the, the, the child of man can't hear position? No. Uh-uh. Now, you read your Bible, you read about the wrath of God. You read in the book of Revelation. You read about the wrath of the Lamb. But nowhere in that Bible you read anything about the wrath of the Holy Ghost. You know why? He's not a fighter. He's a comforter. He's a comforter. Now, anytime you want to let him get that throne back, you're going to have to get right with God. You're going to have to do what it says over there in the book of Revelation, chapter 2. And, and, and my dear friend here, he's going to read that for me here. Revelation chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. Revelation Jesus. 2, 1 through 5. Mm-hmm. To the angel of the church of Ephesus, write these things, saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, <coughs> who walk in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and has found them liars, and has borne and has patience for my name's sake, has labored, and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent. And do the first work, or else I will come unto you quickly, and remove the candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Yeah, that's what that carnal man going to have to do. He's going to have to remember from whence he has fallen. He's going to have to remember where he got off that straight and narrow way. And he's going to have to repent. I know, and do the first word. Well, that first word, we're going to say that's the first commandment. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy spirit, all thy strength. That's the first word. You got to, he had fallen out of love with the Lord. When you look around at church today, and you wonder why the pews are getting empty, it ain't because they're mad with the preacher. It ain't because they're mad with the brethren. It ain't, it ain't because of none of that. It's just because, like the Lord said in Matthew 24, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The reason why people leave, they don't love the Lord like they used to. They have fallen out of love with the Lord. And that's exactly what happened to a carnal-minded man. They don't love the Lord like they used to. So the Lord said, you remember from which I have fallen and repent. Let she come and move your face, your, out of, your candlestick out of his face. Now, you, I know he's talking about the church of Ephesus. Let's just say he's talking about Camden Baptist Church. And there's a carnal-minded individual here that refused to get right with God. And I, the Lord always meets with us here. You see people get saved here. Because that carnal-minded man refused to get right with God. Now the Lord does remove himself from the field. He don't show up no more. You don't see nobody else get saved. And everybody wondering why. Even the carnal-minded man, he wondering why. And nobody didn't say, well, you're the reason why. You're the reason why. 
If you are that kind of minded man, you are the reason why. A hard place to be. But it's an easy place to return from. It's easier for that carnal-minded man to get right with the Lord than it is for that natural man to get right. But see, that carnal-minded man, all he lost was his fellowship with the Lord. That relationship is still intact. That natural man don't have no fellowship. He don't have no relationship. But that carnal-minded man, all he got to do is what the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And just like that, he is right back over there in that spiritual group. That's if you want to be there. If you are comfortable being carnal-minded, the Bible says to be carnal-minded is death. This is what I'm a Christian. Granted. Granted. But I'm telling you one thing. God will give you time after time to get right. And then he'll look down upon you. And he'll probably look at his son. See, you know what? He ain't going to get right. You just might as well bring him on home. But I cannot have him down there dragging your name through the mud the way he is. Look how you're living down there. Listen how you talk now, man. Look, look at this. Even the heathens, the heathens got more respect for you than he do. Yeah. So, I, let, let's just bring him on home and get him on out the picture. You say, I don't be that apple. Man, you keep on being corner-minded. And we shall see. You keep on being corner-minded. Hey, my friend, I'm telling you. There's three groups of people in every church. Not just church, not just this church, but every church, you'll find three groups of people every time we congregate. I hope and pray that everybody be saved, but I'm just going to have to go over what the Lord said. The Lord knows those that are here. I don't. I can't look at somebody and say, I don't believe they say it. I mean, the Bible says you know them by their fruit, but then again, boy, you you got some people are some pretty good persuaders. I mean, they they persuade you. They convince you that they're saved. And the only way you know that it is to pass on from this life to the next is when you get the glory and you go looking for them. The Bible says you'll know as you're known. Well, hey, you seen old Billy Bob? Who is Billy Bob? What here by that name? Well, Billy Bob didn't make it. Billy Bob didn't make it. That's the natural man. But that carnal man. <coughs> That call man, all you got to do, repent. Repent. Change the way you think about God. Change the direction of life you're walking. Change, change, change the way you feel about the Lord in your heart. Return to your first love. You remember how you used to love the Lord when you first got saved? I mean, there was nothing in this world God would ask you to do and you wouldn't do it. You would do it. But as time progresses, that trumpet did not sound, you get to feel like the most scoffers over there in Second Peter. Where's the sign of his coming? Every since the father fell asleep, all things continue as it were. But no, things changing. Everything continues as it were. It's not. It's not. You're just trying to mind it. And you're thinking like the world thinks now. You're going to have to return to your first love. And please, don't tarry too long, because if you continue living out there in this world, and this world goes some pretty attractions. It, 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 it will. It, it do look fabulous out there. Yes, you can say, hi, I know. you blind. You can't see. But I wasn't always blind. And, and, and I used to see some of these pictures on TV about places Jamaica and all these other fantastic friends. They don't ever show you on the other side of the track. They, they always show you what's on Main Street. But, you, but when you go to them places and you look around, man, but when you think about it, Jesus asked the question, what would the profit of man if he was again the whole world and lose his very soul, or what would a man give in a chance for his soul? What out there in that world is worth dying 
and going to hell for? What out there in that world worth dying and losing all the little rewards that you have gathered, old kind of man? The reward that you have gathered. You can lose them, you know. You, you can lose them. You, you might have them now, but you can lose them. Yeah, yeah, just read your Bible. It's okay. You can just as sure as you gain them, you can lose them. So we're going to move on here now. If you got another voice on us, call the man, brother Rick. That was Romans chapter 8. What's that next verse? We're going to the spiritual man. Romans 8, 14. You read that? Oh, yeah. That Sunday national call
through vendors. They donated some stuff. And some other places around here donated stuff. Why? Because he waited on the Lord. He was being led by the Spirit of God. And he wanted to uh, enlarge his auditorium. His first impression was to knock down that wall and that wall and make both of them wider. But he hesitated and he waited. During that time, Brother Mike Sutherland was a Sunday school teacher here. But Brother Mike Sutherland and Sister Debbie decided they were going to move back to Tennessee. And when Brother Mike walked out, Brother Bob Bartell walked in. And so Brother Ever started talking to Brother Bob Bartell. And Brother Bob Bartell said, well, wait a minute, what's up there? He said, well, Bob, he's up there in the attic. He said, well, a bunch of wires and stuff. He said, let's go look and see. And so Brother Bob went up there, and he looked around. He said, what we can do? We can just build a balcony instead of knocking down a wall. We can just build a balcony. And it's part of the wall, but 50, 60 people. And look what you got up there. He got a balcony. For what about 50, 60 people? Why? Because he waited on the Lord. Be led by the Spirit of God. Now, that's a hard thing for me to do. That's a very hard thing. Wait. Wait. I'm still waiting. Still waiting. There's several things I'm still waiting on. 22 and a half years. Well, that's right. It will be 23 years. Still waiting. Still waiting. Wow, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's not in God's will to do these things. I don't know. But I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to jump the gun. I, if I jump the gun, if I jump the gun, I would have to move from that spot, move out that door, and never come back again. If I do what this old man want to do. But I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Ain't no, ain't no rewards in that. I, I, I'd rather sit here and wait and see my little dream like the song Sister Carol sang. I, I had a dream and then it passed through my hand like grains of sand. Boy, I ain't got a few more grains left, Lord. It ain't going to be up in a minute. <laughs> but I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. I'm not going to give up hope. Not going to give up hope. So what we have to do as a church Christian, we got to be led by the Spirit. So to be carnal minded is death. But to be spiritual minded is life and peace. Would you like to have life and peace than death? I mean, death. So, well, but I'm a Christian. What do you mean death? Well, you, your testimony. What about your testimony? Huh? That, that can go the way. I can die. Hey, what about your, your family members that probably ain't saved? If you quit, they ain't going to get started. We got a lot to lose by not being spirit-led. A lot. And we got a lot to gain by following the Lord. Just following Him. It'll be way better once you get on the other side. All my little hopes and dreams that I was waiting on here, once I cross over there, I ain't even know what I'm saying. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> oh, I, I, I won't even remember those. So we go to this last phase. You got one more verse to read. And that's in Ephesians chapter 6. Sorry, verse 10. And, and we have Brother Rick over in the stop.
that he may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. Finally, brethren, spiritual, spiritual-minded man, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Not your own strength. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So we got to get our strength from the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You're going to have to rely on Him. I can do all things through Christ Jesus which strengthens me. I can't do nothing. Nothing. I try anything I try my own, it's going to be a flop. It's going to end in disaster. I, I, I know what I'm talking about because I done done it. Guilty. Guilty as charged. I have tried many things on my own without consulting the Lord, and it all failed. I am still suffering the consequences of some of those things today because I did not rely on the strength of the Lord. That Bible says we rest not against flesh and blood, but against uh, principalities and power. Principalities. Principalities. Alexa. Alexa. What the word principalities mean? And it's, all, it's a ruler of a small kingdom that has to report to a bigger empire. And that's real. That's just finally Satan. You see, you see, Satan, Satan he, 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 wherever he at, he's not omnipresent. You remember when Daniel was praying over there in the book of, uh, in, in the book of Daniel, he was praying, and, and, uh, uh Gabriel came, and Gabriel said, I would have been here 21 days ago, but the Prince of Persia hindered me, and Michael the Archangel came and gave him a helping hand, and he, I know when I leave, the Prince of Greece shall come. See, every country in this world got a prince that got the report to Satan. And every prince got these little... That word demon ain't in the Bible. But for lack of a better word, they got these little devils running around. These little unclean spirits. They running around. And, and, and they're the one that wreaking havoc with you and I. It ain't necessarily Lucifer himself. No, he got little helpers. Well, his prince got little helpers, and those little helpers report back to that prince, and that prince report to Lucifer, and that uh, Satan, or whatever you want to call it, Slewfoot, pick your name, they report to him. And that's how he know what's going on down here. And we wrestle not against that. We wrestle against, not against flesh and blood. That's what we got to fight, and we can't fight that. That's why we got to rely on the Lord. The battle is not ours. It's the Lord. We, we win our greatest battles at that altar. On your knees. God give us two weapons in this Christian life that we ought to utilize. That faith and prayer. And you put them two together and nothing in this world can outdo them. And there's not a nuclear bomb on this planet that can destroy faith and prayer. If you utilize them in the right manner. God give us the most powerful things we need, but we don't utilize them. We don't utilize them. We, we, we go around and we try to do all these things on our own, and when it seems like we can't make you know what we say, well, no, I just try to do nice pray. Well, you should have prayed from Top Street. That should have been your first course of action. Pray. And exercise your faith, what Jesus said. Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, it shall be given unto you. You better learn to take God at His word. God is not a man that you should lie. If you say you'll do it, let's go and you'll do it. He'll do it. Oh! I just want to try to encourage you here tonight. 
I mean, my, my biggest concern is that first group, though. That, that, that natural man. That natural man. Well, I, I hope anybody here in, in, in that, in that situation. I really truly hope and pray that nobody here is like that. And that back to that spiritual man, and he'll name it no pieces of armor. I believe it's six. I believe it's six pieces. Hey, you got to either got to be with the truth, girded with the truth. You got the uh, breastplate of righteousness, shawl with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking the shield of faith, hell of salvation, and the, the, the trinity word of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's six. You got six pieces. God said we ought to put that on. Know when you know when you put that on? The day you get saved. The day you get saved. And then nowhere in that Bible you see where God said you can take it off. You, you can eat in it. You can go to work in it. You can sleep in it. You can go swimming in it. Whatever you want to do. You want you have to keep it on. And that breastfed of righteousness, all that do is cover and you ain't got no protection in the back. You know why? Because a Christian soldier is always for be pressing forward. You, uh, I forgot which one of those uh, uh, evangelists being we had at our revival meeting. They just saw those animals over there in Australia. But the kangaroo. The kangaroo can't back up because his tail won't let him. He could always keep moving forward. And that's how we as Christians, we can't turn tail and run because the enemy will shoot you in the back. You ain't got no protection back there. But you keep pressing forward. Keep pressing forward. Pressing forward to the mark of the high calling Christ Jesus, man. That's all I'm trying to encourage you to do. And I don't, I don't know if it's helping anybody, but it sure helped me putting this, this thing together. And I, I want to thank y'all for coming. I want to thank you, Brother Michael Hoffman. I ain't had no idea you would be here. I want to thank you for showing up. And I want to thank each and every one out there. If there's any first-time visitors, thank you for coming. And I'm going to turn it back over to Brother Gary. And I'm, 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 I'm going to get my water. Oh. Come on, Brother. Loose me. Let me go. Loose you. Let you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, last. <laughs> Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. That was a blessing, wasn't it? On the side. Now you're on solid ground. <laughs> he had to find that firm foundation, did he? There he is. <laughs> He's back in his in his place. Amen. <laughs>